You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 396 of Podcateers. This week we took the Betty White challenge to celebrate her life on her birthday. A video of the Spider-Man animatronic goes viral and No Way Home continues to break records. We talk about what happens to the gingerbread houses from the parks after the holiday season. There's a theory floating around that Disney Animation is trying to make Bruno from Encanto disappear. D23 Expo tickets are now on sale. A figment popcorn bucket causes a bit of a line. And who the heck is Robert Fettuccini? We tell you in this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts on things that we talk about in this episode. So if you'd like to join the conversation, you can connect with us over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join our growing Discord community. Joining is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com slash 396 and click on the Discord logo on that page to join us. Or you can check out our pinned Instagram story and join using the invite link provided there. Before we get things started, we want to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash fgp and as always a super special thank you goes out to everyone on the fgp squad for their continued support uh all right it's podcast time if you're new to the show welcome we hope that you like what you hear and that you come back for more and if you've been hanging with us for some time now welcome back here is episode 396 of podcateers Store or something, and every time we go, they have those at the thrift store. I don't know. They got everything at the thrift store. I'll have to move back to you Northern know, California. <laughs> I have a. Um, they truck it all up here. All the good stuff they truck it yeah. back up here. <laughs> <That's like laughs> I'll see if I can find one for you. I have probably like eight of them, both sizes, the little tiny ones and uh-huh. then the full size ones, because. Uh-huh. When we were making more videos, mm-hmm. there was a good three years straight where either for my birthday, for Christmas, or I, I think I got one for Father's Day as well at one <laughs> point. Uh, oh, I just so- kept getting them from people over and over. Uh, obviously, none of them knew that they were getting it for me. And so I I just have a whole bunch of them. That's funny. It was great. I mean, I I have a, most of them packaged up right now, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I'll send you one that I purchased. That way, I don't give away one that was a gift because yeah, by that, when yeah, I started getting them, kids will be mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I actually purchased two of them, uh-huh. and then I got a whole bunch of others. <laughs> so, uh, one of the ones I purchased, I will send to you. Oh, okay, that? thanks. Just to look like go. a silly goose. Save the <clears> thrift store shop. Trick. I'm going to the thrift store. I mean, it's fun. You can look around and 90%? touch a bunch of well, sticky stuff. And you're with the new gen. The kids love the thrift shop these days. Shopping for the deals. I Shopping. found at the thrift store. This is probably this is like 20, 
2019. I found um, a whole stack of World Showcase um, metal, like, decorative plates. Um, That's cool. Yeah, they're, like, they're oval-shaped metal plates, and, you know, they have the countries on them from Epcot. And I just thought, you know, they're 50 cents a piece. I was, like, digging through all the bins and trying to make sure, okay, do I have them all? I found four. Like, did they only make four? They came in sets of four, so I didn't miss any. But, yeah, it was that was a good day at the Goodwill. <laughs> That's cool, man. You know, here in California, I think depending on the location that you're searching in, uh, obviously places like Anaheim, Glendale, Burbank, I think are going to be really good hotspots to try to find Disney memorabilia in places like Goodwill mm-hmm. or, you know, secondhand shops because – uh, that's where a lot of the Imagineers were located. You know, a lot of people that worked at Disney live in those areas. And sadly, as we get older, we're also losing a lot of those people. We've lost a lot along the way. And so things that necessarily haven't been passed down from parent to children or to other family members end up being donated to places like Goodwill, then there's people like us that go out and try to search for them because in many cases, a lot of those items weren't available for us to purchase. Yeah. So this is obviously going to be the best way to do it, Uh, especially if you're around, I think, like where Van Eaton Galleries is. Mm -hmm. Like down here in Southern California, they hold the auctions for a lot of Disney memorabilia. And uh, that area alone i think is a is a hotbed for that type of stuff so if you live out in in the valley you know or out near burbank glendale valley in the valley (laughs) oh my god it's hard you say valley they're going to the valley oh my god let's go thrift thrift store i I started sounding like Polly shore and i don't know i wanted to I'm the Same thing. He's from Encino. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the stuff he filmed was in Encino. Yeah. So you got it. It's all good. <laughs> you know, I'm hungry now. The Looney I... Tower of Chisa. Ah, oh, <laughs> see, now you've added to the hunger. First, okay, so now you top it off with Leaning Tower of Chisa. But right before we got started, you texted us about about yeah. Robert Fettuccini. Yeah, Robert Fettuccini, and... my favorite Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. So we're in a text chain. We're discussing some of the things that we want to talk about this week. And we were contemplating talking about the book of Boba Fett, but you know we're not all caught up with the latest mm-hmm. episode. So we figured, you know, Mel's not here. We're going to all catch up, and then we'll talk about it next week. You know, that way we have a little bit more context. And <laughs> autocorrect... We love autocorrect it's the best. because it makes the best we have some of the best conversations that span from autocorrect. And this was no different because when talking about the book of Boba Fettuccini, mm-hmm. uh, it kicked off my hunger levels. And so now the book of Boba Fett or Bob Fettuccini. Robert Fettuccini. Now, yeah. Robert uses, Fettuccini. Use his given name, Robert Fettuccini. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually going to be the next uh, CEO of Disney. I, I don't know if you know Robert Fettuccini, the next CEO of Disney. He's going to be coming up on his. Kind of, yeah, gonna... you know, it kind of. It's like uh, it seems like a good successor to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I took a drink at the wrong time. It almost <laughs> the, came out of my the, nose. The most de- despised. <laughs> 
You I come to it. me on the that day. It sounds like an Italian hit. You know <laughs> what I mean? You gotta go to Fettuccine if you wanna live. <laughs> <laughs> all works out. It all works out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, know. we are recording this episode on Betty White's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, yes. Disney legend Betty White. Uh, as many of you know, sadly, we lost Betty White several weeks ago, just weeks short of her 100th birthday. So in celebration of her 100th birthday, there was an online campaign called the Betty White Challenge where uh, I'm not exactly even sure where this started. I, I would like to give them credit. If we can find it, let's try to find it. And, and Whoever credit, you are, but, you're great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was this challenge started where they had asked everyone to donate at least $5 in honor or in memory of Betty White to any uh, animal organization because she was such a huge fan of animals in general. She was a supporter of uh, like the aquariums, the zoos. We had uh, that show on Disney Plus called Betty White Goes Wild for Nat Geo from several years ago, which we started watching this weekend. It was really fun. Uh, but, Andrew, you went to go see the Betty White movie that was released for her 100th birthday, right? Yeah, I just, like, walked in the door from the car, like, 10 minutes ago, <laughs> like, ten, like two seconds Fresh. before we start recording, we stopped at the drive-thru. I turn on the computer. I'm eating French fries as, as we start recording. But yeah, we watched Betty White, A Celebration um, at the theater. And yeah, it was great. There was a lot of um, Betty White looking folks in the audience. So that was, you know, not too many younger uh, folks, was, you know, felt a little young there, but which is fine. Um, but it was really great. It was a... Uh, documentary on her life her career um in acting starting out like with her local television days all the way up through you know her projects that she had just finished and it was a lot of interviews with people she had worked with celebrities sandra bullock ryan reynolds uh uh carl reiner you know rogues gallery of of everybody famous that wanted to work with betty white um wow. And so it talked a lot about, you know, how she like maneuvered everything. And she was like the first woman to be a um, TV producer. Um, she had three. Did you know there's three different shows called The Betty White Show? Um, they go over that. Wow. And I didn't know that. It was three different shows no. called The Betty White Show. Um, she goes over it in the documentary. She said, I wanted to call the last one. Um, like something like oh no another betty white show or something <laughs> like that yet totally yet another probably. betty white show i think it was called but they didn't go for that so yeah it was it was really well done um and then at the end after the credits they showed a lost episode of a tv show she was on it was called um angels something angels something um and it was uh the premise of the episode was like a kind of like a doppelganger there's betty white and a singer look the same they're both played by betty white and hilarity ensues so it was very good it was um i recommend if this comes out on any streaming or any kind of video or you're able to see it somewhere else go see it because it was it was really entertaining you got to get a lot of information you get to see betty white feed like a grizzly bear marshmallows and um yeah but it's fun that's crazy. I didn't know that there was three versions of the Betty White show. 
And I'm actually surprised to hear that she was the first producer because I thought Lucille Ball was the very first producer when she and Desi opened up Desi Lou. Yeah, that's what she said to the first woman TV producer or something. I think that maybe she had a production company, but this was, I think, before she was just like a producer on a TV show without having a production company. I'm not 100% wow. sure. I could be misremembering, but I yeah, I, I believe that's what that was said. Oh, also, um, my wife is listening in, and the show is called Date with the Angels. Um, oh, right. So that was, thank you, Tina. <laughs> I was scared I was going to say Angels with Filthy Souls. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. The Hell's Angels so- with Betty White. <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't put it past Betty White. If that was the case, I would not put it past her. Um, was there anything in there? Uh, at, yeah, I know she had a pretty rich history with Disney, especially mm-hmm. you know once they merged and purchased all the rights to the stuff on ABC, and then uh, she and the other Golden Girls were named Disney Legends, and she's done a lot of great stuff with Disney as well. Was there anything uh, that surprised you? Because obviously there's a hundred years of stuff in her life that they were talking about in this documentary, but was there anything that stood out that you were like, wait, what? Well, yeah, the um, the first thing that got her into TV was um, a, a show that was on five hours a day, like six days a week or something. And it was live. And so she worked like five or six days a week, five hours a day, just coming up with stuff on the spot that was her first thing she did and she was on tv for what like 30 hours a week wow every week and so that's that's i just can't imagine that even being a thing anymore like who does 30 hours of live television besides like the news probably like union rights and it was like and it was sketches and comedy and singing and all kinds of stuff and so it was it was it was amazing. Like I can't believe that was True even a thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the the wild west of yeah, the, television. Right? There was two when channels, and so you had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Content. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Content creator before it was popular to be doing that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whipping out thirty hours of content a week. So there you go, YouTubers. If you want to compete with Betty White. Five now hours. you know what the standard is. Five hours of new content daily. Daily. <laughs> Original, not just commenting on stuff. Do Singing really and Do doing really sketches. The influencers? I don't know. It's the Betty White Challenge. It's the new Betty That's White true. Challenge. <laughs> That's true. We need That's 30 true. hours of original content a my week. My favorite uh, Betty White roles, uh, just thinking off the top of my head, is well she was the voice of miss claus in the prep and landing on one of those uh, one of my favorite prep and landings mm-hmm. and in the 70s show which is not disney affiliated she was uh kitty foreman's mom or mm-hmm. foreman's grandmother those are my two favorite roles those are like <laughs> both of her like things i felt like she was a great miss claus and then when she played on that 70s show she was her comedy was just on point like she rolled right into that show like, she had been doing it for, like, five seasons, and she only had, like, five or six episodes. She just killed it on every episode, just pure comedy. She was just good. I mean, she's got a lot of credits to her name. I mean, from films to TV, you know, some people may know her from Toy Story 4. You know, I don't know if people know that she was in Ponyo, you know, which mm-hmm. is a Studio Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the Ghibli films. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember we talked about it 
when she first passed that I think people forget that Betty White was a comedian first. Right. And a lot of the things that she's in, she really leans into that hard. And she's just super funny in mm-hmm. everything. Her delivery is impeccable. Like, she fits into any scenario so well that I could only wish to be, like, a percentage talented as Betty White, you know, when it comes to doing that type of stuff. Because, you know, she's got such a rich career that, I mean, who else do you think would rival the type of career that Betty White has had? You know, it clear into how old she was now or how old she was when she passed. She was still doing TV appearances. She was still doing Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, really late into her 90s. So, man, I, you know, you can only wish to be that active and doing the thing that you love that late into your life. Yeah, and she brought sure. it up in the in the the movie. Uh, she was saying, you know, all these movie stars, people, you know, they're in these big movies and uh, they just seem so far away, like they're, you know, so unattainable. But, you know, Betty White said she's like, I was on their TVs. I was in their homes. And so people just like would get familiar with you and just feel like they know you, even though it's just you're, because you're in their home every, you know, week on a show right. and since five hours since yeah, five hours since the fifties, like that's crazy, you know, 70 years she was on TV. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody old and young knows who Betty White is. Right. Especially, I think it always helped that she was just such a sweetheart, regardless yeah. of what I saw her in, regardless of the interview, unless she was talking to Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> she was a sweetheart. Yeah, for sure. It really uh, it goes off to saying, like, perfecting your craft, as they always say. Perfect your craft. And she just was, like, good on the start and just kept getting better and better, which, like you're saying, it just was always something like a treat, a gem. Like I always said, she's like a true gem to TV, to everything she was in movies, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, the, if this if this comes out, I'm sure it'll come out somewhere streaming or whatever. Go watch it. It's, it's very good. You get to see a lot of interviews with just a lot of people. I mean, her... Uh, one of the big um, uh, interviewees, I guess, is her personal assistant that's, you know, been with her for 20 whatever years. And, wow. you know, she goes over just what um, what her like the day to day was and everything like that. Um, Betty, you know, like to keep a tight schedule, keep everything, but also just love to work. And so she was always working because she loved doing it. So I don't want to you know spilled too much on the the whole thing but it was it was very well done lots of lots of famous people lots of uh uh clips from all the shows and everything that she'd been on you know carol carol burnett and you know everything so golden girls yeah it's a great documentary and i recommend anybody go see it or catch it whenever you can who was the production company behind it do you know I don't know. There was like four credits. Like I, th- it was the, the shortest credits I've ever seen in my entire life. They went by so quick that I didn't even realize anything. Like uh, th- it was nothing I recognized if they flashed a logo. So it wasn't like anything huge. Hmm. I think depending on the production company is what is going to determine when and where we end up seeing it on a streaming platform. Because yeah. uh, if it if it was Disney, there's a 
or if they were involved, there's a good chance that we might end up seeing it on Disney Plus or Hulu. But if it was another or other companies that were involved in the production, more than likely we'll end up seeing it on like Amazon Prime or maybe Hulu or something that, you know, isn't Disney exclusive because they want to get it out to a much larger audience. I just, I, yeah, I don't think Disney was involved with it at all, but it was a fathom events, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm trying to find it right now, but it doesn't, uh, you know, it's so new that I'm not sure it has so much information on it right now. Yeah. We'll try to find the information and if there's anything out there about it being released on any type of streaming platform, We'll obviously post it on Instagram. We'll put it in our stories because uh, it's, you know, this was something that I would have loved to have to, gone to watch. Was it just like a one day thing? I don't remember if that's I believe what they mentioned. So. That if it was just, one day, right? Yeah, I believe it was just today, Monday the 17th. Mm, okay. um, as far as I know, or as far as I've heard anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep looking into this. And if we find any information, obviously we'll post it so that you can go watch it. But uh, yeah, great talk. And uh Hoping we we get an opportunity to watch this soon. Yeah. Since we're talking about films, uh, I think we need to talk about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home for a moment because it just keeps racking up the big bucks and it just broke another record. Spider-Man No Way Home has now topped $1.6 billion worldwide in the box office. It is also now considered the biggest movie ever in Mexico. And what was its ranking, Andrew? What did you mention when you it looked was, uh, at the number number eight uh, worldwide lifetime box office gross? Wow! Uh, just behind, you know, Avatar, Endgame, Titanic, uh, Force Awakens, Infinity War, Jurassic World, the 2019 Lion King, or what's in front of it currently? Wow! I uh, I mean, do you think that it'll climb any more at this point? Because it's still out in theaters. Yeah, I think it'll it'll probably. Um, it's only eight million away. Oh no, I lied. It's uh, I did that math wrong. <laughs> it's thirty-seven million away from the Lion King. But uh, the the one thing that I'm not sure of is because this did not re- release in China, and a lot of these other films did, um, especially the newer films. I don't know how much of that uh, is still left to go, uh, especially with pandemic surging and all that stuff again how many people are going to the movies. Um, but I would not be surprised in the least if this just kept going and going and going because yeah. it's, it's not been that long no. since it was released. So movies have been known to stay for, for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, in the theaters I mean, making mo- money. So especially when nothing else is coming out. Right. And one example I have just this last week I was uh, getting a haircut, and the person I was cutting my hair was like, oh, talk about new movies. I was like, this is awesome, because they were a Disney Plus fan. Oh, yeah. But we immediately jumped into Star- Spider-Man, excuse me. And I-, I was, like, starting to go into it. And then the other person, the other hairstylist, cut- stops us and says, time out, no spoilers. And I was like, what? Now no spoilers? Like, we're this late in the game? And then she quickly correct me and was like it hasn't even been that long like seriously count like i just haven't had the time to go and then with everything else you know like you just mentioned i could see this if you ask me i could see this still grossing maybe that 37 million to, to catch it yeah. for sure is if it even just stays in the u.s like i know that's a lot to ask but if there's still people out there waiting to try to see the hold out 
for how things turn out, you know, in the next two weeks or so, I can see families going back to watch it because everyone I've known, at least in my inner circle of family, have watched it at least once and would watch it again for sure. If I had the time, I'd be going to see it again for sure. Um, I, I might. Yeah. There's a chance. It's been uh, exactly to the day of we're recording this one month since yeah. it's been released. Um, so, yeah, not terribly long. That's insane for one month. I mean, we actually want to go back and watch it again. And so I'm thinking that this film will probably stay in theaters up until around Multiverse of Madness is released because Mm. the films are so connected to each other that it makes sense to have it in theaters as long as possible so that you have kind of a rollover into the new film. And, you know, like you said, with things surging in many locations right now, people that were just getting comfortable with possibly going out didn't expect Omicron to be as it's been. And so now a a lot of people are staying home again and they're not going out. So it makes sense to keep it in theaters a lot longer. What would you say about six months is traditional for most films? And if that's the case, if we're one month in, six months is right around May when Multiverse of Madness is scheduled to come out. So it kind of makes sense that they would kind of roll into each other that way. Yeah, it all depends on on what else is coming out and if they need to bump for other screens. Um, because uh, looking at the box office stuff right now, it started out in 4,300 theaters domestic um, and is currently now in uh, 3,900 theaters. Um, so it's it's lost about 400 theaters, which isn't you know bad. It's still made... Uh, uh, estimated uh, today it's made almost five million dollars in the u.s <laughs> and it's you know it's making between in the last two weeks between two two and eight million dollars um every day in so the US. holiday probably helped it out today so um yeah the uh, yeah the holiday weekend it had another big big you know five million on friday nine million on saturday six million on sunday and five million on monday so mm. it's still it's still pulling in it's not like it's in the uh the thousands or anything it's still making millions just domestically yeah so it's it's gonna i think hang around for a bit yeah plus how do you think it'll affect the box office considering that tom holland is going to be in uncharted which is supposed to be coming out mid-february right i don't know it's a video game movie i don't care about but considering tom holland has such a huge following right now because of spider-man maybe it'll help it or maybe they'll say they don't want to compete so they'll pull it from more theaters for Mm -hmm. that film so i i understand what you're talking about i'm not as connected to the box office the way that you guys are so i'm I'm just hoping that it's there long enough for us to go watch it. Because if we go again, it's probably going to be at a drive-in again, considering the surge that's happening. And I would like to see it in IMAX at some point. Yeah. So if if they don't pull it, once everything settles in, we're supposed to be getting an Omicron vaccine or a, a booster that will help with Omicron sometime between March and April. If it's still in theaters and I can get that and we don't have any other crazy variants that <laughs> halt me going to see it in IMAX, I would love to see No Way Home in IMAX. Yeah. Let's Maybe see. that'll be the to, film that we yeah. go see together. 
I'm trying to look at like comparable movies. Um, uh, F nine was in the in for four and a half months or about four mm-hmm. months in theaters. Uh, Fast and the Furious nine. So yeah, it all. I think it all really depends on what's coming out between now and then, really. Which I don't know what. Besides what you just mentioned, I don't know of anything really big that's coming out soon. So I pulled um, a quick list because yeah. I was curious. Okay, okay, good. I got so, these seven lists, so I don't have to search. So them. here's what I found, and I okay. don't know how up to date this is, but a few days ago, Scream released. Okay, okay. so we have that. Jackass Forever, which <laughs> you know that's a thing. Uh, Moonfall. The Worst Person in the World, Death on the Nile, Marry Me, Uncharted, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Devil's Light, The Batman, uh, Turning Ooh, Red is no longer happening because that's going that's to Disney+. Tough Plus. Everything, Batman, Everywhere, All at Once, Mor- I'm sorry, yeah, Morbius, Not uh, Mobius. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, <laughs> huh? Not Mobius. Not, Not Mobius. Mobius. I, oh. I, I had to correct myself. I did a double take on that one because that's like, oh, is that Mobius, Mobius, Mobius? That would be the best movie. Right. Uh, Sonic, Ambulance, The Lost City, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, The Bad Guys, which is an animated film, The Northman, (laughs) The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and then we get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So there's Um, a couple big, I mean, the Batman for sure. Um, Sonic is probably going to be a decent uh, box office one. The first one was uh, pretty big, um, especially Jim Carrey. yeah, uh, yeah. The, I think the Batman's going to be the one that, depending on the the ad, you know, the advertising campaign and the hype, might be be one to try and might be pushing it out. When does that come out? Uh, the Batman is scheduled for release on March third. Okay, mm. so a month and a half away. Yeah, I mean that would put it at about two and a half months, which is you know. Not terribly long, but I can, you know, it all depends on, you know, especially like the drive-in, it's hard to tell because they have so few screens. There's so much turnover, at least the one up here. But IMAX, there's not so many movies that are made for IMAX. So I think they might last longer in IMAX where they just show one or two a day, one showing, two showings a day. They don't show them all the time. But in theory, depending on how many other IMAX films or films that have some kind of IMAX section in it, you might look out with that. In my, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Last movie I saw on IMAX was that 2019 Lion King. Was it really? Yeah. The last thing I saw in IMAX was Endgame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely an IMAX film. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the re-release of Endgame so that we can overtake Avatar again because, you know, Whatever. I mean, it's kind of a shady tactic, James Cameron. But if you want to bring your movie up to number one again, because you were like, what? Endgame? No way. I mean, well, Endgame can do it again. Well, then they'll just have to re-release Avatar again when the next one comes out. <laughs> it's just going to be a revolving door. <laughs> the Way of Water or the Seed Bearer or whatever it's called. I don't know. Uh, and Spider-Man funny. comes in and then he gets then he like hits a building and uh, hurts his back. I don't know. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up. So let's move on to this viral video that uh, was making the rounds all over Twitter, all over TikTok, Instagram. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, hopefully you've seen us repost it on our Instagram stories. But essentially, there is a video going around of Spider-Man, the 
you know, the little stunt show that they have at California Adventure as part of Avengers Campus. Uh, Spider-Man comes out swinging the way that he normally does. However, he doesn't make it all the way to the other building, slams up against it, and falls down. Now, my back! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something else out of my back. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, this made the rounds as a factual video. And I don't think many people know that that was complete CGI. There was nothing real about that video other than the fact that it was filmed at Avengers Campus. The thing about the video is that it looks 120% real. Like it's this really guy good. is super talented. Okay, so I can understand why people ran with it and thought like, oh no. But at the same time, it kind of gives you an idea of how things can get blown out of proportion on the internet especially with these, you know, little viral videos and everybody wanting to be the first to post something that goes wrong at Disney. Right. I mean, when you saw it, was it already in the stage of this has been debunked, check out this crazy video? Or when you saw it, was it still being passed around as a factual video? Um, The one time I saw it was on um, Twitter and let's see what did i um what did the thing say i just saw the video it it just said someone check if spider-man is okay so it was you know um (laughs) and then if you scroll down though it goes guys this is edited but it's so funny yeah it for me it was when i saw it i mean it's so well done i mean i don't know i can't cgi anything that good it I'm guessing when you have like a sky scene, it may get a little easier because, you know, there's a blank template there. But I think the part that's funny and makes it the money shot is him hitting the wall. <laughs> and then just the way he hits it is just kind of in this almost like it's a robotic look. Like the thing is, not, it's like an animatronic design, right? The original device they're using out there. So it's that's the part that sell it, sells it to me. It makes it funny. I think that's the thing we could all agree on, but it is kind of irony. That's how the internet works that people don't agree on. They agree on the comedy, but they immediately think this is something that's like really happening. Or I think a lot of people too jump on the bandwagon because they want to be the first to break like the news to discuss being like, Oh, this is what's happening. You know, like we got to be the ones that break the story. Cause if this is true, you know, the one person that put this video up, if that's the tough part, they want to be the first and, and like we've learned in the golden rule, being first isn't always the best thing, right? Well, I mean, that's the problem, the right? That I think we all are guilty of it at times. And so yeah. I've been I've been asked in the past, why don't we report on things like this sooner? And it's because we want to make sure that it's credible. We want to make sure that it's right. So unless it's coming from a fully credible source or it's coming from the original author where we can ask, hey, was this legit or whatever the case was? We tend not to post these things until we know for a fact that it's true. Uh, We have been guilty of it in the past where we tried to be first for something because we got some information from somebody. And there also have been times where we have been wrong and we have had to make corrections. But it happens to everybody, right? You're right. It, It is just part of the news cycle. Everybody does want to be first, especially in the type of stuff that we do. Right. Especially like in Disney news stuff, like everybody wants to be the first to post about Disney news. And in this case, 
the 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 person that made this um i don't know if i'm even gonna say his name correctly and i'm i'm probably going to mangle it but i believe his name is elaine bui his page is full of videos of a bunch of cg stuff that he's created huh. now on 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 twitter it got like the person that posted it i think on twitter just kind of reposted the same video it had the the name of the original creator and everything which is great because you can kind of follow the trail and people were getting mad at the person that posted it on twitter they're like you know why would you post this and you know how what happened and i i don't understand the hate behind it other than you know i think the person that created was just maybe trying to make something funny but it's funny yeah it's but funny. i think it's some funny people, like <laughs> it is but i think some people might see it as something malicious and i think that's where some of the hate might be coming from without getting the context because if you think about it disney has been going through so many changes that have been very unpopular recently and mm. so creating a video like this can spark people to start pointing the finger and see i told you so they're going downhill this is the quality they have when in reality that is far from the truth right so a video like this can be very very dangerous especially in this case it's disney right they can handle it you know it's been debunked but smaller companies can't survive something like this you know which is why uh it's difficult to bounce back when something like this gets posted um, but I think that's where the hate's coming from. Like I took a step back and I tried to figure out why people were so angry and maybe that's it. Like, what do you guys think? Like, could it be that? Could it be something else? Cause I mean, I agree. I think the fact that makes it funny is the fact that he yells out like, ah, my back without yeah. that clip. Then it just feels like, oh damn, something went wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And for me, I think, yeah, you, you can, and other companies, if you would have saw something like this, they may take a huge hit in seeing like the reliability it's like let's just put out like tesla right now <laughs> for yeah. a, com a you know convenience is that they were talking about the cyber truck and now they've pulled it from their website it's not launching in 2022 anymore so that's like a huge hit to a company that's trying to identify themselves as the leading electric car maker they can't survive something like that like if video came out of the cyber truck crashing into a wall right <laughs> that would be bad but for Disney, it's tough because of, like you said, it, they've been going through some tribulations in regards to, you know, what's on the product of what's out there. So I think people are looking for things like this, which is unfortunate because it's it's like we look for negative news rather than the positive in this. Uh, and, and maybe what Andrew just said, he mentioned, even though it was kind of like, a, a you know, us missing something. There has been issues with this animatronic technically already where it wasn't that you saw it hit a wall. It just didn't show up. So maybe that's what it was. People were trying to piece together like, oh, look, it does have issues still. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the Tesla comparison is a little uh, far apart just in that. I agree. Like if Tesla, like a cyber truck was like driving itself and ran into a wall, that would be bad. But <laughs> a, 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 a Spider-Man robot just hitting a building and not hurting anybody, I think is, you know, a little, a little different. And so I don't know. Robots getting hurt is funny because nobody's actually getting hurt. It's a, it's a machine. It fell down. Like 
It's fine. Like it's a Spider-Man robot. It's not actually Spider-Man. It's fun. It's funny. But I mean, you know, you've seen the videos. Ursula's head fell off and it's dangling <laughs> there. Mr. <laughs> Lincoln falls backwards and stuff yeah. happens. Like it's, it does. Stuff happens, especially when you're open every day of the year and these things happen multiple times a day something's gonna break i mean this one was was fake but it's just goes to show that the animation was that good but also it looked believable like this could happen and um the thing that made it be fake was the my back comment at the end (laughs) because yeah but it's I, I don't know. I just think robots not doing what the robot's supposed to do is funny. Like, you know, maybe if, like, a Roomba, like, sucked up, a, like, a like a beloved pet or something, that'd be, oh, be bad. Like, that's <laughs> that'd the be... more like a comparison, like, or, like, I don't know. But oh God, a, Roomba, so... <laughs> a Roomba just, like, banging into the wall and it can't find how to get out of the room, that's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's totally funny when robots don't do what they're supposed to do unless our robot overlords are listening right now, then oh, it's not God. funny. It, not it is funny. far from funny. Right, guys? Wink, wink, wink. It's like the Geico commercial. Have you guys seen that yet? The one where the robot, robot, the Starbucks, it's like a, not Starbucks, but he's like a barista and he goes, robot. And then the robot like loses it and shoots lasers like human air and blows up the Starbucks or coffee cup. No, <laughs> they call them robot. It's a Geico commercial. Check it out if you haven't seen the robot. It starts off by if you hate the robot checks like online because he's first getting frustrated by the whole. Oh, I'm not put a the robot. bridge together. <laughs> so that's how the commercial starts. But yeah, seriously, that's that's kind of a shout out to Geico and robot being funny. That's funny. Yeah, I mean. Animatronic technology in general is light years ahead of where it started, right? And even artificial intelligence robots are getting scary, like how good they're getting. Like at CES this year, they featured a robot named Amica, I think, or Amica or something like that. I don't remember what it was. It was Robert Fettuccini. It was Robert Fettuccini, yes. (laughs) Um, But there was a couple of reporters that went up to uh, the, the AI robot and they were asking questions and they're like, hey, do you hate me? And the robot just said... Uh, I'm not, I don't have feelings. I'm not programmed to hate or feel anything or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. But it was so intricate in the answer that it makes me think, like, how far away are we from just really seeing full-blown robots walk us around a hotel or be, uh, you know, replacing people on tours because they have so much more knowledge and can answer so many more questions because they have a database hooked up to the cloud. You know what I mean? Like it's scary how close I think we are to something like this at this point. Yeah. But then you got a robot tour guide and then it falls down and it can't get back up and then it's funny. Like (laughs) They have to like back. They have to bring like a crane out to pick it up because all these robots are like 1100 pounds and, yeah, it's, or are then they? it would still be funny. Like or are the CP3O effect, right? He's so smart, so intelligent. Mm-hmm. When but when but he can't falls, get up. It's he funny. can't get up, or he gets like he always gets blown up. Like it's funny, the garbage can looking circular guy that doesn't speak a word of English gets away every time. He gets sand in his gears and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, it's, right. Yeah, yeah. So, it's funny. Robots funny. are funny. 
<laughs> little do you know that in those whistling tones, that little trash can is saying, shoot him, not me, so he can roll away. That's exactly probably what's happening. Yeah. And that guy's sassy, R2-D2. <laughs> Best believe it. All right. Well, uh, again, hopefully you had an opportunity to watch this video. If you haven't, check out podcasters.com slash 396. We'll definitely have a video of it there. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, it it's fake. In case you were wondering, it is a faked video. Uh, if you have an opportunity, check out that guy's TikTok because it's like he's got some really good and funny stuff on there. Like he's got like dancing stormtroopers. He's got Lightning McQueen drifting at one point. Like he's got some <laughs> oh, really crazy man. stuff on there. It's really good. That's cool. But you know what, Hazen? You know what's not fake? What's that? The FGP squad. That's right. They are not fake. What is the FGP squad? Which stands for fairy godparents, but they chose FGP squad because quite frankly, that's way less characters to type out on a hashtag. Well, they're a group of fantastic folks that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. And if you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, you can head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more info. Being a part of the FGP squad gets you some perks, uh, like being a part of our happy hour calls. You get some additional content on Patreon, like the Podcasters After Show, uh, additional audio files, additional shows, stuff cut from previous episodes. You also get discount codes for new Podcasters gear. First crack at new stuff that we release as well. And uh, you get access to a FGP-specific portion of our Discord server. So if you want more info, again, on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, you can head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. And make sure that you check Patreon and the Discord server for information on our next happy hour call, which is going to be Woo-hoo! happening very, very soon. We've missed you all. We can't wait to hang out with as many of you as possible again. FGP squad, yeah. freaking Sweet. good people. Uh, all right. So a couple other videos that I wanted to touch on before we jump into uh, D23 tickets going on uh-huh. sale this week. Uh, there was a really cool video posted on Discord uh, by Anitza where it, she showed the what Disney does with the gingerbread house that they take down from the Grand Californian. This was super cool. Larry, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, it was something that caught my attention, you know, the FGP squad calling it out like always. But this could be on the general Discord if you just want to join, you know, the Podcateers general Discord. You'll get these kind of conversations where it was from Disney World they have a gingerbread set up there as well but the one they have there's i think it's a little bit larger in scale but i've always had the question too like looking at something like what happens to all that gingerbread and i pictured like I, somebody eats it or <laughs> gets like donated to someone to be nom, eaten. Nom, 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 nom. yeah right <laughs> cookie monster status but the truth what they have built out i don't know how long they've been doing it they didn't share that in this tiktok particularly but they did show share that they break it down all the uh, gingerbread and all the house, the wood framing, and they take it out to a um, orchard that they have out there. And it actually attracts bees. So then the bees come and bees? they start using it for, yeah, honeybees. That's right. Man, <laughs> that's what I thought. And then they feed off of the gingerbread. So it's like food at a vital time of year because they don't always have access to food. And we all are probably aware of you learned about how bad you know honeybees have it right now they they're like shortage and getting to that point where they could be like at risk of being an endangered type species 
Well, what's good about it too is that the wood there too, they also generate honey out there. So then this kind of gives this whole idea of not only are you repurposing the wood once they clean it all off, they'll take care of all that gingerbread, but then it gives them to, you know, put back into the environment, giving them food and also making, you know, the honey for, for things to be used in the future. I mean, it's just a really cool thing to know that it's not like just wasted where you just throw away all that gingerbread and that wood gets broken down. It gets repurposed. They clean it off and use it again, which is really interesting. I love it. Someone's thinking it all out. If you ever, like Hazen, you kind of mentioned earlier, sometimes we question Disney for what they're doing. Like, oh, does this really have purpose? And in this fact, you're like, wow, you really, I'm glad this ended up on the TikTok. This is the stuff that should trend instead of a fake Spider-Man video. Yeah. <laughs> a fake right? Spider-Man video is funny. They both can trend. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's right? room they for both, everyone every, trending. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Disney has a lot of environmental initiatives for just environmental sustainability. You know, they have a lot of goals. They have a lot of initiatives in place for stuff like this. This is probably one of the coolest ones because you know, I had the same question, like who eats that at the end? And I volunteer to get like a bag of it and bring it home because I like right. gingerbread, right? I know it's yeah. not a really popular cookie. It's not a really popular food, but I like gingerbread cookies. So if they somehow made it edible and you could just buy it in chunks like it looks like peanut brittle or something in a bag that's all broken like i'll buy some i'll, I'll totally mm, eat it too however much gingerbread yeah <laughs> but given the fact that it's out in public you know the environmental you know how they keep it and everything i'm sure that it is you know not great for human consumption the fact that they're using it for this is fantastic because uh honeybees especially their main food source is sucrose, which is granulated mm -hmm. sugar or white sugar. So if the frosting and everything that they're using for this gingerbread house is the glue and the honeybees are essentially feeding from this, that's fantastic because bees are so crucial to our ecosystem as humans that this is a really great way to recycle that gingerbread house. Pollinators. Right. <laughs> Air pollinators. Yes. So, like uh, I mean, this was one of those fun. videos that I was just happy to see, you know, that it, it's got a little bit of a happy ending. Am I sad that I don't get a chance to eat some of that gingerbread? Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, the bees need it more than I do. And I'd probably get sick because... I'd eat way too much of it, and, you know. I this was in the Grand right Floridian. Nom, 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 yeah. nom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I saw the video, and the first thing I thought of was I don't know if you've seen that. It was like an old like video or gif or something of Oprah, and they're like, "It's bees!" and then all the bees fly <laughs> oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> and we're hitting all the viral. And everybody's videos. crying, and there's bees yeah, everywhere. Bees are <laughs> everywhere. That's, That's funny. One. Hey, well, speaking of viral stuff. You know, Encanto's been just blowing up as well. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as Spider-Man is, Encanto is all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram right now. And one of the things that I saw that began to gain some traction was that there's this theory that Disney used one of their most famous colors for Bruno inside of Encanto. Wait, we can't now, talk about this, Hazen. I know we don't talk. We about don't Bruno, talk about. Okay, Bruno. so let's give him a nickname. His name is now. Okay. Barry. How about Barry? How about, how about Robert Barry. Fettuccini? Robert, <laughs> oh, Robert Fettuccini. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. Robert Fettuccini. Bob Fettuccini, right? So there there's this theory going around that 
they use go away green or mm-hmm. as some people were calling it online disney green uh we've talked about this before on previous mm-hmm. episodes but andrew do you want to give people a rundown of what go away green is for those that are not familiar with it yeah sure why not um go away green is uh you've seen it even if you haven't realized you've seen it um it's the color that disney paints everything that they don't want you to pay attention to it's not that they don't want you to see it it's not invisible paint it's just something that kind of blends into the background it's the kind of a very uh calm green color um kind of like the um i don't know like if you ever seen a fake plastic leaf what the backside of that looks like that kind of color Hmm. it's like a light green kind of creamy color and things like uh, electrical boxes and speakers and stuff like that, if they're in in and around bushes, are painted like that. Um, the exterior of the Indiana Jones building that you see from the tram route or downtown Disney, that is painted in glowy green. So it's just kind of a, a neutral color that is not meant to hide something more as to not pull your attention. So it it doesn't distract you from the actual themed uh, environments that you're in. Yeah. They use it a lot on buildings. Um, But did you know that there's actually a second color that Disney invented? Along with Go Away Green, there's also something called Blending Blue. So Mm -hmm. they have the sky color. They have like the terrain, like leaf color that they can use. Although it's all over the place, it feels less prominent because Disneyland is a really tight park. It's so small Mm -hmm. that everything seems to blend from one location to another. But the theory behind uh, Bruno was that his... You know, was he wearing like a like a poncho or like it's a like yeah, like a poncho, yeah, right, mock yeah. kind of thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah. Apparently, it's go away green, and we were watching Encanto earlier. It's not. However, <laughs> it's a fun theory though, because how great would it be if Bruno was using go away green to mix into his surroundings so that his family wouldn't notice him? Oh my gosh, you talk about. That would be somewhere in the category of cunning as Marvel, yet as storytelling, as epic as, I don't know, like Star Wars gets. Like, it would fall. Like, that would be so... The things that they've bought in, these franchises would fall in that category because that is pretty dang on good if you were thinking about that. Like, to incorporate into something you've been doing for years. But for the fans, at least, to acknowledge that it's this similar and to create that kind of theory... That already gives it as much, I would say, of a big calling and it being that close to the color because people are thinking this, trying to make all these ties because the movie's making them think that much about there's things we yeah. just need to find out. It's crazy. It's kind of like how um, what we were just talking about earlier where people want to have a take. People want to have a thing that they discovered or whatever in a thing. So it's like, oh, this thing is that thing. This thing is that thing. Winnie the Pooh and Mickey the Mouse, uh, they cut he cut the pants off and gave the shirt to Winnie the Pooh and Mickey wore the pants and I don't know, that was a comic I saw. But <laughs> it, it, it's like everybody wants to have a take on something, which is kind of more a comment on like the reality we live in now where if you're not making content, you're not, you know, doing something right 
um, which is kind of weird because we're making a podcast right now. Right. But anyway, I digress. Um, we're guilty of it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's the it's it's what where we are as a society right now. Everybody's got to be making. Everybody has to have a take. Everybody's got to have a opinion and put it on the internet. Which this is kind of getting deeper than uh, I kind of wanted to start this sentence out as. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, interesting world we live in. But uh, Bruno, well, I mean, where's the green poncho? This movie in Kanto is so deep to people, mm-hmm. and that's I think you're leading on the same point that it's they're trying to find these deep ties because they, it's meaning a lot to people on so many levels of not just as a movie but as the story relates to them and to what they believe and what they see, you know, in their lives. So I think it's it's the same you know same bandwidth or same line of thought. It's kind of there that. It's not only you're trying to break this code to be like first, but you're like you're really trying to create more bonds with it because you're like it means yeah. this to me, right? Yeah, it's, it's just like how people feel about Disneyland in general. We're sure. going to the parks. Yeah. It's the same type of connection. Right. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, people have been like just programmed by watching Marvel movies. There it is. To, <laughs> yeah. to gotta try find and them. find all the Easter eggs because they, you know, especially in Pixar movies, Disney movies, yep. they, they put them in there, so it's hard to discern. What is just an artistic choice and what is an an actual Easter egg that was intended to be in there? Yeah, there's some pretty far fetched ones out there as well. Like one of the bigger ones that I've seen that I'm sorry to tell you doesn't really have a connection, uh, that there's a boot in the background in one of the scenes that's got a plant growing out of it. And so people are saying that it's the same boot from Wally. One different boot. If you see them side by side, it's a totally different boot. Uh, could one of the animators that worked in Wally have put something similar in this one as an homage to a film that they worked in before? Absolutely. It happens all mm-hmm. of the time. That's how we got the intro to uh, the Book of Boba Fett because it was a tribute to the Parks and Rec episode. But is there a connection between the Disney animation universe and the Pixar universe? I don't think so. Could it happen in the future? Yeah, sure. As the line grows thinner and thinner between the two studios, could they begin to cross over? Yeah, at some point I think they will. And I think, you know, there's going to come a point where we no longer even see, you know, Pixar as its own entity. We It could just be all Disney animation at some point. No, Pixar uh, will just be Disney plus animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sadly. <laughs> yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there, there's tons of theories out there. I guess this would be, considering everything that we just said, this might be the best time to say that we're announcing the Podcateers TikTok account that we are launching right now. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. Yeah. I was like, excuse we, me? No. <laughs> we don't You're dance. Do I got to dance? No. I was gonna, do I, have I was to... like, here's more plans and ideas <laughs> I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching these videos where the guy goes to the thrift store and just buys things and then sells them on the internet. I could probably do that. Uh, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot with video game ones. It could find Disney stuff. Did you know this like Tupperware is worth $25 on the internet or whatever? Yeah. Nice. Someone's trash. Someone gold. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we will do? Uh, I think this would be fun. I think if people want to send us TikTok videos that they like, that they're funny, they don't necessarily have to be Disney related. But if you want to send us videos so that we could react to them and put together a video as an after show or up on the YouTube channel, I'd love to do that. 
I was planning yeah. on doing that some time ago, but you know, if all of you listening want to send us videos, please do so so that we can feature them as part of that video. I think it'll be super fun for us to do something like that. Uh, I know that I have a list of some of the ones that I wanted to share. I don't know if you guys have seen them. So we'll try to surprise each other with videos. We'll try to have a, a good number of Disney and non-Disney ones in there to try to surprise each other with. Because, you know, everyone's algorithm is different. And we'll we'll put a video together. I haven't decided if it's going to be after show or for the YouTube channel. Maybe we could do both. We'll see how it works out. How's that, how's that commercial go? Pequeño nos dos? I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. Why not both? Why not both? That's the taco true. Shell we could do both. That's true. Sorry for my butchering of the Spanish language. Or maybe we could do like a portion of it for YouTube and then release the whole thing on Patreon for the FGP school. Ah, ah. I'll figure it out. All yeah, right, so that's yeah, coming. Send us your TikTok videos or Instagram stories or reels that you'd like us to check out. I think it's going to be super fun couple more things before we wrap up this episode. One, D23 tickets are on sale this week. As a matter of fact, the day this episode releases, they are going to be on sale for D23 members. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you know that we posted some information regarding the ticket prices and availability. Just to give you a quick rundown, January 19th is the Visa pre-sale that starts at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. All guests will be able to purchase tickets on January 20th at noon Pacific Standard Time. D23 Gold member pricing is $89 for a one-day ticket, $79 for a child. The three-day ticket is going to be $229 for an adult and $209 for children. D23 General member pricing... If you just sign up to be a D23 member in order to purchase your tickets, you're not actually paying for the gold membership. Uh, general member is free for D23, by the way. Uh, the one-day ticket is $99. One-day child ticket is $79. The three-day adult ticket is $279. And the three-day child ticket is $209. If you want preferred seating for Hall D23, it is $899 with limited quantities available. Uh, with all that said, thoughts on the three-day ticket special for preferred seating pricing? Uh, you know what? In all actuality, it's a cheaper option than they've had in the, the past. Yeah. The the Sorcerer Lane, whatever they had the last time, was like 1200 1200 yeah. Um, so I, don't, I, I think this includes a little bit less, but it includes the thing that people want. They want to have a guaranteed seat in the big hall shows and not have to wait in a big line. I'm assuming that's what you get for paying $900, $800 is you get to, it says preferred seating. So I'm assuming you have a seat if you show up and walk up there. Yeah. I don't know. That's not a hundred percent, but that if that's all you're going to go and you have disposable income, you know, that seems not out of the realm of possibilities to me, especially if that's what you want to spend your day doing or your weekend. Like if you want to just see all the big panels, that's where they do the all the big celebrities are at the big panels and the giveaways and the this and the that. So it's in the long run, not like the worst price I've ever seen in the world, but it's still pretty penny. Yeah, I think Andrew nailed it, really. It's do you have the disposable income to do it? Because this is not... It's not done every year, so that's that's kind of the argument for this. And the D23s 
don't always replicate each other exactly. You don't know what the panel is going to be. And you don't necessarily know exactly who's going to show up. Uh, but you do know kind of who what will happen. And you know there's going to be some things that you don't want to miss. And, you know, if if you're in that, that Disney, like, all hardcore money is available, you want to go in, then I'm not going to judge you for making this kind of investment because it could turn into one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences where you get to see something you want to see. So, it, and like you said, I haven't followed the tickets as closely as you guys have for D23 events because I was not living near Southern California at the time. But if it's lower technically than it was before, then, yeah, maybe the reason is this year to if you were holding back to pull the trigger and you've gone through a tough 2020 and 2021, this 2022 could be the year where you feel good about, like, I don't want to miss out on this one. And it will be hopefully a better time with – you know, we'll be past this point of this uh, last uh, winter and going into the fall, which seemed like a good point last year. Yeah, I agree with both of you when it comes to the ticket pricing. It is one of those, if you have the disposable income, you know, fantastic, right? It is cheaper than we've seen in the past. It doesn't have like the sorcerer's area where you can go get your free drinks and snacks and all that stuff like it did in the past. At least from what we've seen promised, it's not there. Can it be there? Can they add it? Probably. Will they? I don't know. It really depends on how regulations are and how things are, you know, with, you know, variants or wherever we are with all of that later on in the year. Uh, the one thing that does, I, I'm not sure if I'm I'm concerned about is that, you know, you see the main stage, it's set up in like a half circle area for preferred seating as part of the price. But in the graphic that they released, it says not final floor plan, preferred seating section subject to change and may vary between presentations. So I'm wondering if they're gauging to see how popular it is for people to want to pay that price. And what happens if an entire middle section, instead of this half circle that they had allocated, is willing to pay the 900 bucks? Especially if you're part of the media or if you're part of, you know, reporting for whatever the case is and you want a really great seat for what's happening, you know, because I could tell you if there was anything that I would not want to miss. I've talked about this before. I love going to the Legends Award Ceremony. That's like the mm -hmm. one thing. If I don't miss it at D23, I'm happy. Right. Except last D23 when I missed the Haunted Mansion panel. That's a whole mm -hmm. other story. But the legend ceremony, love it. If I get to watch it, I'm a happy camper for the entire three days of the expo. Am I willing to pay 900 bucks for it? Uh, depends on who's being announced as a legend. I might be inclined on doing it, but a lot of the people that I would have wanted to see named as Disney legends, I've seen them named as Disney legends. So maybe for this one, I wouldn't do it. I think we're still waiting for the announcement of who's going to be honored this time around. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that it's subject to change is worrisome because, like I said, if all, I don't know how many seats are in that whole section, 200 maybe, you know, if all 200 of them are willing to pay 900 bucks, then now you're off on the sides, you know, or the general people that were standing in line have less of a shot of actually watching it now you see what i mean so yeah. that's the one thing that concerns me and you would think that 
this many years into it, Disney would have a little bit of a better handle, uh, especially with, you know, conventions like Comic-Con and stuff that have been doing it for years where they can go and they can learn from how they handle certain things. Uh, I I know Disney's experimenting a lot with how to handle these lines. They experimented with the virtual queue. They experimented with that last time, which I think was really successful given some of the few issues that it had. Overall, I think it was successful. I had an opportunity to reserve my spot in a much easier way than I ever had at a D23 Expo. So if you kind of keep moving forward and these experiments continue to add to the experience and make it more enjoyable, I'm all for it, right? But if all it's going to do is make it so that it, in the long run, feels just like a cash grab because they just want to make as much money as possible, then I think it's just going to hinder the experience and it's going to anger more people possibly souring them to not want to go to the next one yeah i mean it's it's i was just talking to my wife about this the other day it's like every um expo they've done something different when it comes to reserving spots for panels the last you know the last one was the virtual thing the time before that it was you walked up to the counter and there was a thing and then the time before that it was just you got in line um or whatever so it i might be even forgetting one but there was uh it just seems like i don't know are they is this just a big play test for the park doing all of these different Mm. things is this i don't know what we haven't seen any announcement on on how the reservations are going to work for the expo as of this exact moment so um it'll be interesting to see if they continue using the virtual queue is there going to be lightning lane is there going to be genie plus at the expo we don't know i hope not but i mean i agree that i don't know i kind of like the way where you you walked up to the counter and got your things because you i felt like you had a better chance of getting something because you could you know you'd have the people that would forget and go do shopping or whatever and then you go in there and get your thing but that's just me being a grumpy old man so you know whatever i just don't have those fast fingers to get the the online stuff yeah you know i have to say i have to admit that i i really liked the virtual queue system last year and yeah. as far as having lightning lane or anything like that you can kind of see it as a predecessor to that because the same way that you are making your reservations for particular shows and presentations is kind of how it works in the app to reserve attractions. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously it's a little bit different because the attractions happen all day. It's not a one-time presentation, but there's a similar structure to it. So could this D23 Expo have something different. Man, I hope not. I hope that they learn from last year and that they just make it a little bit better because if ever there was something that mitigated lines made getting into seeing a presentation easier in general, as long as the server didn't crash for Disney, it was the virtual queue system. Again, mm-hmm. it's always going to have problems, especially when it's your first time using it. We've seen it with everything, right? But now they've had two years to perfect it, including the stuff that they've learned from doing virtual queues in the parks. So if they continued this and they made it better, 
I'm all for it. I would much rather be able to go shopping, go have a meal, go do something else other than stand in an eight hour line to see the Disney Legends presentation. Definitely. But it's they and they still don't. I mean, they don't give you they're still standby for all of those. But, yeah, it gives you the chance to at least reserve your spot for something. Right. Right. So you can still stand in, you know, general lines for most of the stuff. Um, that's how we got into the Haunted Mansion panel that you mentioned. Um, and it was, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think the virtual queue was good. Um, I'm just a grumpy old man, I think. <laughs> but also, the the time that you walked up to the counter, it was also less people. Each pre- uh, preceding year right. was not as busy as it was the following year. So. Right. It's it's a it's a remembering old times where it was less busy. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great point, right? The fact that as each expo has gone on, it's hard for me to say things like this because I know we're in the same space. But when you think about three or four expos ago and how many people were there to experience it as a Disney fan versus how many were there at the last expo simply to create content film the film what was happening film their experience vlog about it it was a lot of people walking around with cameras talking into it vlogging we did it i mean i did it all three days that i was there and i wasn't even technically fully there on saturday so this time around i feel like it's going to be even worse than the last time because now you just don't have the youtubers You know, before we just had YouTubers, then it was kind of like YouTubers and Instagram people that were kind of posting stuff to Instagram. Now we have TikTokers that are also posting a bunch of content. And with the addition of these services, adding things that are live versus just, you know, three minute videos or five minute videos or 60 second videos, having the ability to go live is going to be a huge thing. So if you were complaining about the Wi-Fi there before, Whew, get ready for it to suck even more now. <laughs> they got to do something about that. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, well, the last thing that we wanted to touch on uh, before we end the episode is this week, there was a new popcorn bucket released over at Magic <laughs> Kingdom. And, you know, Disney popcorn buckets, super popular. They always look fantastic. Uh, they have amazing shapes, you know, Collectors love these popcorn buckets. They especially love them when it's one of the most popular characters in the Disney family, and that is Figment. A Figment popcorn bucket. One, people were in line for, was it like seven hours at one point? That's what I heard. Yeah, yes, seven that's... hours. And and that's that's not even the worst of it right because if i really want something i'm willing to stand in line for seven hours we talked about it before with attractions especially you know brand new things tacos but tacos exactly churros maybe um but what was really really uh difficult to watch and we've talked about this before and disney really has to do something about this at this point were the ebay resellers because there was a limit of two popcorn buckets and there was video after video after photo after photo after video posted not only on Instagram, on TikTok and on Twitter of people walking away with 20 to 
40 of these figment popcorn buckets. How is this even still allowed for something that is supposed to have a two item limit? Yeah, it 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 is so bizarre that posted, you know, signs two two item limit. Now, I don't know if these people are paying people to go with them and to buy them and they all get in line at the same time and then they all give them back, you know, give them to somebody or whatever. I don't know how this is working out, but yeah, you see these photos, people with bags and people that line them all up on the picnic bench and, you know, they're taking the photo of them to put on eBay. And then, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, it's a popcorn bucket. Number one, that's a, Big hunk of plastic, which, I mean, we love our hunk of plastic. Larry's got a big hunk of plastic right behind him. Affinity <laughs> gauntlet right there, and it's great. Um, but, like, as, as like, the history dictates, they're not going to sell out. I, we, these popcorn buckets, I don't know in the recent history if any of them have sold out where they go away, especially something that is, like, this popular that's been multiple multiple days of these big lines and i i just don't envision disney doing anything like we've seen in the past where they sell out where they know they can make the money on these so they're going to make as many as they can before they sell out so you know it, it sucks for the people that are there on their vacation and they like figment and they go oh a figment popcorn bucket i'm not wasting my entire day in line for a figment popcorn bucket but it i don't know i don't i don't like this reseller culture and i get it people are trying to make a buck but uh, i don't know i don't know we've talked about it before it's like being a dead horse these resellers suck yeah i mean exactly andrew i think looking at it you know we don't here on podcasters unfortunately we don't always have the best connections to disney world we try our best to get that information but you know it's hard we're over you know hundreds of miles away <laughs> thousands <laughs> so w- you know with that it, it's when we see this kind of news we're trying to put it in the whole same atmosphere we could feel you guys pain for not only the like andrew just mentioned the travelers that go there that are on a one-time trip that want that figment popcorn bucket but also just the pain of being you know an annual pass holder or magic key holder to be more specific and going and you see these long lines of people buying something maybe you had your heart set on because you buy the magic key for that reason to be given the opportunity to go to the park and get something like this not just on its release day because i won't i i think i agree andrew with things never selling out and not coming back but i know things why these ebay slash resellers of disney popcorn buckets and all overall merchandise they're always trying to get it fast because i almost feel like it's a horrible culture of creating demand because mm-hmm. if they sell it out, then it becomes this item that, oh gosh, now I can't get it. And I don't know when they're going to restock. See, like for instance, you mentioned my infinity gauntlet behind me, which I will defend. It lights up. Number one, <laughs> number two, I could hold soda in it. So that's, those are two things I will take any day. This is why, but I do have a zero popcorn bucket and that has no purpose, but holding sanitizing wipes at my work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only thing I repurposed it for. But when they're gone, you know, they create this demand. And like you said, it's said very distinctively on signs you could find throughout social media that two was the limit. And you see people walking out with eight 
And it just creates this horrible, like, yeah, you're going to go online and people are going to go want to rebuy that because there's obviously the collectors that have that want to just buy it. Maybe they don't even go to the park, but I just feel for the people that do go and are Figment fans because there is a big calling to Disney World fans. That is like your guys's definitely your character that fits to your park just like the orange bird you know those are your characters that you hold close to your hearts and then for this to turn into like a scheme of someone reselling it just it's it's a hard thing to swallow to watch it's just you would wish that would be more considerate in a way of people just either making a virtual queue i mean they invest in these virtual queues for lightning lane which costs a lot of money to people that pay right we'll put a virtual queue for this too make the limit you know and i get it they still could probably go around it like andrew mentioned have someone else buy it and put the bucket through it but that's at least one more thing that goes over the limit of you really track that person who bought that popcorn bin instead of just having like an eye of a poor cast member once again putting them in a tough position of telling somebody no when they're relying on this as some type of maybe profit margin that's a real tough place to be in a, ca- uh, a cast member if you ask me that's that's the hard part I feel for you guys out there at Disney World. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that the old annual passes and the magic keys have a clause in them that you're not supposed to use, like, your discount for, you know, resale purposes. Now, I know exactly. that a lot of resellers have gotten around that by saying, well, I'm paying full price for it. Okay, but still, two-item limit, right? I mm-hmm. yeah. That's the part that how they're getting so many of them uh, – that's the biggest issue. At some point, you would think that they would get stopped walking out of the park with like, look, I, I get it. There's times that we've gone to the park. We're a family of four. There's times that we've gone and we've purchased up to four items of the same thing because we are all there. But are people really walking in with 20 to 40 people buying all of these? No. Way. Like, there's no way. Right. There's no way. Maybe five, maybe six. I. I just don't understand it. And even then, you would feel that there has to be some kind of limit for it. I, I don't understand it. It's getting, it's getting really out of hand. Like, it was bad before, but it's getting worse, especially now with people not having an opportunity to go to the parks because they don't feel safe, right? Like, people are taking advantage because of things like COVID, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody feels safe enough to go to the parks or they are not healthy enough to go to the parks. And so, you know, these things are happening even more now. Like it happened with the Starbucks cups over the holidays, the oh, ones that boy. look like um, oh, yeah. Spaceship Earth. Like It got that so bad that Starbucks now has them behind the cor- uh, behind the counter. And yeah, they even have them behind an, in a glass case. Jesus. Exactly. Because people were just going crazy over them. So I understand it. I mean, have we purchased additional buckets in the past? Yeah, but we try to stay within the limit because we want to be fair to everybody. And those Mm -hmm. extra ones that we've purchased, we've sold them and they have gotten high numbers, but we've always sold them and given the money to charity. We've never gone through the process of becoming a reseller just for the purpose of being a reseller. We've always given the money to charity for these additional uh, buckets or we've been you know, gifted buckets by friends so that we could auction off for charity and stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I think Disney really has to step in. But because you're right, Larry, the fact that it's it's being created by the same people, right? The scarcity is being created by these people. 
the demand is there. And like you said, if people don't know when it's going to be in stock again, you're like, all right, well, it was 25 in the parks. I'm willing to pay 40 for it. Or if somebody says, oh, it's limited edition, oh, I'm willing to pay 50. It saved me the park ticket or whatever, right. you know. And so yeah. it, it, it becomes a how much are you willing to pay if you didn't have to travel, if you didn't have to buy a one day ticket, if you're not a pass holder or magic key holder, whatever the case is, you know where where does it stop like how much are you willing to pay and as long as people are willing to pay we're always going to have these issues unless disney does something about it and really enforces the limit on people i'm looking at ebay right now at completed sales of popcorn buckets and the highest amount that i have found um for completed um closed sale closed sale uh, I, it said like a thousand dollars, which I don't. I don't know if this is that's true or not, or if I'm reading this bid wrong. If you had to make an average, what do you think you're seeing a lot of through there? It's like, let's see. Okay, no, here it is. A figment Disney figment popcorn bucket, eleven bids, one thousand seventy five dollars. Wow. Sold January fifteenth. Figment popcorn five dollars was the original price, right? 20 to i think it was 20 but it was 25 or something yeah in change on on out the door yeah uh plus plus uh they uh, had the nerve to charge 16 dollars and 10 cents shipping and handling on (laughs) but this one that sold for 810 dollars had free shipping wow that's crazy uh yeah oh that the the one that sold for 810 dollars also came with a spork I don't know what the spork is. Oh, so they also released the figment spork. I think I, I, oh, no. I accidentally said Magic Kingdom earlier, but it was at Epcot as part of the uh, yeah. festival. Oh, the release. It's a spork with just figment on the end of it. It's a plastic spork. Yeah. But something something good did come out of this whole fiasco, which is somebody put up on eBay a bad sketch of the figment <laughs> yes. popcorn bucket. And it started a whole trend of people putting up these bad artwork and artwork of figment popcorn bucket is just filling filling ebay with um with these drawings if you look up you know the figment popcorn bucket they are like smattered in like every few ones these drawings and the original one that i first i sent to you guys when i first saw it the original one sold for ten thousand one hundred dollars. No, and uh, and there's no way that closed out. No, it closed, but the well, you know the payout. Uh, yeah, well, no. So ninety percent of the proceeds are going to the Habitat for Humanity. Oh, yeah. So wow. they the 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 bids were getting so high. This this person oh, that is good. Donated ninety percent of the sales to charity. And it's just fantastic that, oh, that you know, something that cause. something really nice came out of this whole like popcorn bucket Armageddon. I don't know. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> That's a good way to put it. Bucket oh, get in. I don't know. So there you go. You can either get a popcorn bucket or help donate it to charity by bidding on a really bad artwork sketch, which <laughs> I think looked like it's a really like bad. a pig. Right. It didn't even look like figure yeah. dragon. It yeah. looked more like a pig. <laughs> It just looked like, yeah. It, it's very is. oval shaped. <laughs> very chunky. I love it. it I love good. it. I mean, look, NFTs are super big right now. I, As much as I try to wrap my head around them fully so that I can give an explanation, I'm like, 
80% of the way comfortable with talking about it, but at the same time, they're kind of dying out. So now I'm in this weird spot of like, okay, well, I learned about these NFTs. Now what? (laughs) Yeah. Now you can, you can buy NFTs, I guess. I don't know. Like, and then sell NFTs. That seems like the only thing you do with an NFT is you buy it and then you sell it for more money, according to the internet. Kind of, kind of. But I, I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. It's a whole other (laughs) conversation. What NFTs are. We need just somebody smarter. Is there an NFT expert out on that knows about <laughs> NFTs? If so, contact the podcasters in any shape or form. Let us know. And we can talk to you about NFTs yeah. and what you do with them. So that's where we're going to end this episode. Not on NFTs, but on the happiness of this bad artwork sketch that brought in that's over awesome. $10,000 and was donated well 90 percent of it was donated to habitat for humanity uh if you want to check it out uh we'll put a picture of it uh over on instagram and we'll put a picture of it in the blog post for this episode podcasters.com slash 396 uh it's fantastic i love it i love the fact that these were inundating ebay when all of these popcorn buckets were going on sale (laughs) uh yeah i but again to end this Uh, Disney really has to do something about this. It's kind of insane at this point. But anyway, that's where we're going to end the episode. If you want to join the conversation, let us know how you feel about anything that we talked about. Uh, You can join us over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. But we would love it if you joined us over on Discord. Just like Larry said, uh, you can join us and talk about things like this or other conversations that you may have seen pop up in the Disneyverse anywhere else uh super easy to join us over on discord you can either head over to the blog post podcasters.com slash 396 but we also have a pinned instagram story with a link with an invite to discord so just head over to instagram find the pinned story click on the link and within a few taps of your phone or device or wherever you happen to be using instagram you will be joined up in our in on our Discord server. Uh, anything else, guys? Before we wrap up, you know it. Um, okay, so we are only a couple episodes away from 400, and so we're just gonna take a minute right now. And so, if you're listening to this on your phone, just take out your phone and you go open Spotify. If you're not already in Spotify, scroll up to the top where it says Podcasters, and then there's a little star thing, and you rate it. You click that star thing. And you put five stars, five stars. <laughs> and when 25 people do that and we get our rating, then we're going to do a fun, cool episode that is going to be cool and it's going to be worth it. So just go and do it real quick. There's lots of you that listen on Spotify. Um, you can't see it, but I'm holding my hand like a phone and I'm pointing at it yes. for some reason. Um yeah, I'm visualizing his old I'm man cha- <laughs> I have my phone sitting two sec, two like inches away from my hand, but I just held <laughs> my hand up instead. Um, so yeah, so do that, and then there'll be cool stuff. And yeah, so do that right now before the music starts going boom, 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 or however it goes. And then, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it's already going, so that's oh, it's already it going. Let's continue. Oh, Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward. And always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. See ya. When the moon hits the sky. Back and pizza pie. <laughs> it's Robert Fettuccini. Boba <laughs> Fettuccini. <laughs> <laughs>
part of the Podcateers Network.